0: host Sophia Nelson and welcome to the One America podcast. I have a great guest today as we close out Women's History Month. I have a a woman that I think is just amazing. She's doing amazing things. She has been for some time. Uh, She's about a decade or so younger than me. So she's the next generation of young women that are making things happen in politics and policy in Washington and globally. Uh, her name is Mindy Finn. If you follow her on Twitter, it's a t- it's a treat. Not a tweet, it's a treat. <laughs> and uh, she's the co-founder of Stand Up Republic, a grassroots lobby for democracy, and its sister leadership education organization, Stand Up Republic Foundation. But what I love about what Mindy has done, and she's done many things, is in 2014, she founded Empowered Women. And that group was to promote center-right conservative women running for office, working for Congress, running campaigns, sitting on boards, et cetera, and helping with political governance. And we need a lot more of that, obviously. And that is now a coalition of about eight organizations called Reflect Us. So I'm delighted to have Mindy here with me as we close down Women's History Month. Mindy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm, we're so excited to do this with you today.
0: Well, um, I am uh, looking forward to this dialogue, and I think that you know all month we've had great guests—women from different walks of life, from church and faith to authors to uh, shakers and movers and in, in corporate, et cetera. But I really wanted to close out Women's History Month uh, with um, politics because it is front and center right now. Uh, President Biden's been in office now for you know a couple of months. Uh, He's still pretty popular. He got the the package through the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. Uh, Immigration reform is front and center with Vice President Harris leading that. So I guess the first question I'd ask you, Mindy, is what has it been like for you as someone like me who's definitely in the never-Trumper camp uh, to have a President Biden and a Vice President Harris? And what does that feel like? And what does politics feel like right now is different from maybe a year ago this time?
1: Well, what it is, what it has felt like is that it has been pleasantly boring, uh, relative <laughs> relative to how it felt like for four years, which just and even really before that, because the you know when Donald Trump started running in the primary and in 2016, I was I was very plugged in and working on efforts you know related to that, frankly, to to try to stop him, and so it was really a five year. Um, you know, feeling like being run through the washer where, you know, you knew something crazy happened, didn't know exactly what it was. And you're kind of on the edge of your seat. And then that got really ramped up, you know, beyond what anyone's expectation, even mine, you know, my worst expectation during COVID. And so to have President Biden and Senator Harris in office, you know, people who I have never agreed with, you know, all of their policy positions, Maybe not most of their policy positions, but I I trust that they are working hard every day to do what's best for all Americans, not just a narrow base, and that they have competent adults in charge. And so that's about attention seeking. It's not about getting the highest ratings every day. It's about going to work in service of the American people. And, you know, I will take that a hundred times and six on Sunday compared to what we had over four years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more country over party every time. I mean, you've done it, I've done it. And it's been hard. I mean, look, uh, I probably agree with maybe a third or more of Biden Harris's policy positions and their, you know, kind of what they support. Uh, But I like them as human beings. I trust that they're not causing drama. They're not dividing the country. They're, like you said, earnest. They're trying to do their best, uh, that they're decent, good people. And uh, But it's been tough as a lifelong Republican, former Republican now, to have to vote for Democrats for quite a while now because I've had very few options on my side of the aisle. Talk a little bit about that Mindy. What's it like? Uh what do you think about the Republican party that we see right now in in 2021? What's happened to the Republican party?
1: Yeah, so you know, like a lot of people I have the experience of feeling politically homeless. You know, I really don't yeah. feel like I I fit in either party really neatly. Uh but but like you I'm just so dismayed and aghast at the direction and trend of the Republican party that you know I've supported people like like President Biden and um and what if the Republican party is they they're really only about one thing they're really only about winning they lack And they're not doing a great job of that at a federal level right now. They're still doing a pretty good job of that, frankly, at a state level. So I don't think we can count them out. You know, they have a lot of power at the state level and they're using that power to try to cement their position as a minority party that can be a minority and represent a minority of the country, but still be in charge in many places and the ones that Mm -hmm. are deciding policy. And so um, but they're only about winning. They're not about principles. They're not about ideas they're only about opposition to the left they're about owning the libs i mean that that is what that that is what the party is about and they're actually about limiting voting access and who votes i mean this is something that has been part of their agenda for a while but has now become a predominant agenda as they recognize that the country is not with them and the majority of the country if they allow you know if they allow voting to be equal and free and fair and elections to be free and fair that they will start losing um, more often because the country is not with them. They are a minority party. And so by minority, I mean, they only represent a minority right. of the country. They're not for minorities. And so um, that, that's. And to your point about character, there, there's very few Republicans that have character. It's about raw power and nothing else. And politics is always about power to some extent. But usually there's a um, that's balanced out by at least some motivation to people care for people to to leave a legacy that can means leaving the country and your state or your locality or wherever you represent better off than it was before. And that's just not what it is anymore. And it's it's also about really blind. I mean, this was a party that when when I was conservative, it was because um, I, I support for a lot of reasons. But one was that I believed in a free exchange of ideas, just like I believed in free markets. Mm-hmm. I believed in free, spree- free speech and a free exchange of ideas. And the party still says about free speech with all this cancel culture nonsense, but at the same time, they demand blind loyalty to mm-hmm. you know, Donald Trump during his time. Um, and they're still demanding that today. So they're going so far as to censure um, you know, Republicans who have been loyal Republicans their entire career, who dared vote for uh, to certify the election results, or dared vote for impeachment, or a Secretary of State, mm-hmm. who dared his job and support the fair and, you know, many times um, checked, you know, free and fair election. So that this party is one that, you know, I think there were. Worth- bad aspects of the party, really rotten aspects that I tr- glossed over for a while because I saw that there was enough good and that for me, there was a greater good in um, helping, you know, the Republican Party be strong and, and to advance his ideas. But today, you know, the, the prevailing wing in the Republican Party is just devoid of all that.
0: You know, uh, you're absolutely right. I, I came home um, over the weekend from grocery shopping and, you know, you pick up your mail And, you know, it's political season in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We have a governor's race, lieutenant governor, a down ballot. And the mailers were stunning to me. Uh, People who are otherwise, to my knowledge, have been really good people, good human beings. You ought to see these mailers with allegiance to Trump because they're trying to win that Republican. It's probably going to be a convention versus a primary. And people who I know dislike him immensely are sucking up on these mailers and I'm thinking to myself man you really lost your way and in the commonwealth of Virginia which is now pretty pretty blue uh republican statewide just have no chance they have no coalitions they have no message they've lost minority voters they've lost white suburban women uh Virginia which was a pretty red state up until Obama and then became purple and then a Trump started to turn very blue uh, is now a state like many uh i think georgia's headed that way i think many others mm-hmm. uh yep. Texas eventually arizona they're all going that way and so your point is well taken about they they're devoid of ideas and that's hard but let's talk about women though and and women leaders and we saw in the house women like liz cheney and uh you know the congresswoman from washington state and others who voted for impeachment and who have raised their voice but what do you see, Mindy, about women writ large, conservative or center-right women, women like you and me, where do we go now politically? Um, what do you see as the future of, of, of women who are, you know, center, centrist?
1: Yeah, that, that is a, a million-dollar question, and one that I've wrestled with quite a lot. I mean, you mentioned... At the beginning, that I had founded this organization empowered women to really empower and promote more center right and conservative women into into power, into political office. And you know, and for the past couple of years, uh, I've wrestled with this point of is that something uh, that is a worthy cause <laughs> that I think is a, a good and noble cause anymore. When you know, I myself really feel you know I'm, I'm more of an independent, and I'd like to promote more women like you, like. People, people like us who are independent-minded, I think we need more of that. And there's the pathways for independent women are just pretty narrow.
0: Yeah, you know, I agree. I um, I had every intention, if you had talked to me a decade ago, about running for office at some point in the Commonwealth of Virginia as a Republican. You know, I mean, uh, like a, a female version of a, a a George Allen in the sense of my conservative. You know bedrock policies, but someone that really knows how to cross the aisle and work with people and 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 expand the tent, grow yeah. That's dead now. That is over. That is not going to happen. And that is so heartbreaking. You know that the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln. CNN's done this great series. I don't know if you caught it. On Lincoln has six parts and really, you know, talks about his rise to power, the beginning of the Republican Party, and. When you look back now, Mindy, and you think about the Republican Party that was started in 1854 up to the 1860 election, and the party that freed slaves, the party that passed the 13th, 14th, 15th amendments to the Constitution, the party of Reconstruction, you know, the party that fought the Klan, the party that mm-hmm. uh, helped with civil rights, Everett Dirksen, Margaret Chase Smith, Eisenhower, I can I can go all the way through everyone up until the Southern strategy, which starts with Nixon, which was kind of the demise of the GOP, if you will, um, it's hard to watch this. And so again, I'm wondering, do you as a woman, a woman who's been in politics for a pretty long time and policy, do you see something else coming up beside the Republican Party and will women be a part of that movement? Do you see like this shift? Will there be a new Republican Party? Will there be something else? Uh, what do you think happens? Because clearly the one that's there is not sustainable on a national level. It, it, I just don't see how they get elected to anything.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is, look, we, can, we can't disengage. So as women, you know, as all Americans that have an interest in serving our country, I mean, disengagement is not an option because if we do that, yep. then you just yep. give it up to the people who, you know, aren't going to be good, good stewards of it, frankly. And I think that's what's happening a lot. You know, the people that are running... Are, are the ones who are the most opportunistic who are just the showboats and yep. and so we just you can't disengage there is still room I mean it's getting difficult in in some places and the way the system is set up um you know it, it really works to the disadvantage of kind of more big tent you know people who want to reach across the aisle who want to build big coalitions you know people who want to build up um, support by addition as opposed to subtraction, yes, like, it's becoming more challenging for those people to win in some places as we become more po- polarized as a nation, but there are still those opportunities. There were, we're still what um, good, you know, we all have our own view of what's good or bad, but good members of good Republicans who were elected in this mm-hmm. last election. Um, you know, people uh, as, as one of them. Um, and and, uh, Anthony Gonzalez, is another one people point to. I don't think he was. I don't know if he was elected last time, but there are still good members getting elected um, mm-hmm. by running their mm-hmm. own race and without having to to sell out or or sacrifice their their principles. So I think that that is first and foremost. You can't give up. People should try, even if the path seems narrower and even if it seems hard. Um, the The other thing is, I'm pretty so I'm pretty bullish on. Um, or I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty bullish on that something has to get better and that people really need to you know, continue to engage and try to run where there are opportunities, even as Republicans. I also believe that um, we must reform the system. And I, I know this is something that I think you work on and believe, I certainly yep. believe. We, yep. we um, ex, you know, I work a lot on now reform to turn primaries into nonpartisan contests where it opens yep. up the door to more people to run on different party banners. Um, it rank and then rank choice choice, voting, yeah is so, so a nonpartisan about? primary yeah. so a primary with that's nonpartisan one primary you no know, so the parties don't control the parties can still nominate their own candidate if they want to participate in that primary yep. but it's one primary the top four or five yep. candidates advance from that primary so it's not just limiting it to two candidates you have four or five that go to the general election and then the it's a ranked choice general election so it really incentivizes candidates to be consensus yeah. builders and it gives more you know, women and people of color, and um, fresh, you know, types of candidates to win. As well as even more importantly than that, though, I you know want to see that um, candidates who are consensus builders, you know, who who can try to appeal to yeah. all voters, and then even you know govern, govern for all, as opposed to govern constantly in fear of this primary to appease you know, kind of more extreme base. So big yeah, fan. I mean- yeah.
0: I think, I think a, a great example, you're talking was Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, totally. because they have that now, and you can tell that it's made a difference, I think, in what she's been willing to vote for, talk about, do, because there's not this fear of, you know, Trump threatening her from Florida that he's going to get her, and you know, all these people running scared of some man that's not even in office anymore, who was impeached twice, and a failed president by any objective standards, so... I think that you're right, and and I know that you and I are working on some stuff with, with lots of other great people, and I'm excited about us being able to talk about that more soon. But let's shift in the time we have left and talk about Women's History Month. So this is March is the month that we honor women, and I just would like to get some thoughts from you on how you feel COVID has really impacted women. Um, we know it's been hard and how you see that playing out maybe in the 2022 elections do you think more women will run given you know the the financial hit to hit the small businesses for women etc and you know I guess that's the first part of my question do you think that COVID will have an impact on women wanting to run for office more and govern do you see that
1: uh, I, I do I think yes the the you know, the data shows and, and many of us have felt this. I, I myself, you know, a mother of three young children. Um, you know, we've all had our struggles during COVID as, and, you know, women, people tend to say, tend to step more into that caregiver role for parents and for friends and siblings and children and whatever, and also just bear kind of more of the emotional responsibility and toll. Um, but women are warriors. And yes, I think, you know, yes, COVID has taken a toll Um, There might be a financial hit. But I I also think the other thing it's done, the silver lining, is that it has really underscored the importance of competent leadership and people who can, you know, get get stuff done, for lack of a better term, put their ego aside and get stuff done when people's lives are at risk. And, and so it is for that reason that I, I don't think women are going to get into this place of nihilism or this place of, you know, oh, I just, you know, there's not a place for me in public life. I, I think I think there's some risk at that risk of that. Um, but I think with some a bit of motivation and mentorship and and support, this is the time more than ever for women to step up, because, look, we saw across the world where women were in charge where women to COVID was much more effective than the U.S. Yep. And yep. they were able to get through it um, and get back to back to normal much faster than than we were here. And if and if anything is a is a lesson or a testament to why we need more women leaders, it's that. Um, and so I, I'm I'm optimistic that women will answer that call. You know, New Zealand
0: and Germany come to mind, you know, as two countries that absolutely did what you said they led differently they had different policies you know moms grandmoms etc women kind of have our our head to the ground our feet to the ground we're there 100 so uh, let's talk about that though again as we've talked about you know women like you and you and i center centrist women Truthfully, Mindy, I think that's where the country is right now. I think that the country is, to be honest, and we were to look at polarized partisan politics, Democrat or Republican, those numbers are actually shrinking, right? Definitely Republican. But independent is where most people identify. You know what I mean? Those are the people that are unaffiliated or independent. So I guess the question I have is, do you think given what we've seen, I mean, you and I both agreed at the outset that although we supported Biden-Harris and we've supported some other Democrats, probably that we wouldn't have if we would have had better Republican options, people that, you know, represented our values in the Republican Party we signed up for. I do think it's going to be important to have an opposition party of ideas, right, of uh, competency, of character, of moral courage, all those things. And I guess my, my, my last question is, do you believe women lead differently? And if so, what do you see a new generation of conservative women, or maybe that's not the right term, independent women? What do you see us bringing to the table, you know, over the next decade or so uh, that really helps to move the country forward?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to get, you know, kind of, I mean, I've been real here the whole time, but just kind of get real. I like to live in the optimistic lane, but Here's, here's the reality, our, our democracy um, needs a shake up. It needs a renewal. We The Republican Party needs a fracture. Uh, we need these electoral systems that we've talked about. We need to build political power for independence. And if we're going to do that, we can't do it by business as usual. And by having the people who kind of broke the system to begin with, You know, even if that wasn't their intention, um, be the only ones who are in charge and by that it has largely been you know white men um we need a much more diverse much more representative much more reflective leadership structure who is going changing the system than who kind of broke it frankly um i like it and I'm, I'm, i'm a little bit concerned there's some risk unless those who have been under others that have been underrepresented kind of push to the push push to the forefront um because um, you know, I think that just a lot of women, I know you write about this uh, a lot, Don't aren't really kind of willing to own their power or they don't feel to have the courage mm-hmm. to own their power. And, and they just absolutely must in this time. And, and so if that happens, I'm, I'm confident that, and there is a younger generation um, who, who's coming up, who, who can dramatically shift kind of and create, and reshape or build anew that opposition party. Um, it must happen. I, I agree with you. You know, yes, like we're in a crisis and I'm so glad that, you know, President Biden and Kamala Harris and that entire team um, are are there, certainly much better than the alternative. And we needed, you know, emergency funding, things like the one point nine trillion dollar plan. But, you know, we just can't continue with having one party rule where there's these yep. massive bills and nobody has time to read them and knows what's in them. And they just continue, you know, they pass. We need to have regular order. We need to have debate. Um, debate is healthy. There needs to be opposition, the push and the pull. And we're missing that right now. And, and so women really can play that role. I mean, we do see, obviously, Lisa Murkowski, you pointed her voice in that in the Senate. Liz Cheney has been great in the House. Um, but we, now it's really time for that next generation of, you know, to, to step up and, and own the future.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, the public square is uh, something that I think is what makes America unique in all the world. The debate of our ideas, the ability to let the other guy say something that really makes your blood boil. But in America, he's got the right to say it. and You have the right to to, to come back with your idea or your policy or say something that makes his blood boil. And yet we're still e pluribus unum out of many one And I think we've lost that. And I'm going to give you the last word. You know, I was listening to Dr. Burks last night. I don't know if you happen to see the CNN special where they interviewed all the doctors.
1: I watched some of it. Yeah. And
0: obviously, you know, she's been trending on Twitter all day. And, you know, she said some pretty controversial stuff, you know, after the fact that, you know, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives, tens of thousands of lives at a minimal and I just couldn't help but think as I was watching it, there was a sadness I felt that Donald Trump did so much damage to this country. He really did. And I guess my question is, I'm an optimist like you, but I'm also a realist. Are we gonna be okay? Are we gonna get past this? I mean, what do you think?
1: We, we are gonna get past this, but you know, America, I, I, it's, without a doubt, we're, we're weaker than, than we were, you know, four years ago, 10 years ago. I, I have no doubt, doubt it we have lost our edge and we really need to get it back. And and frankly, I think that is what, look, I, I think America, the reason I think we'll be okay is we do tend to rise to the occasion when we have been challenged and threatened. And we have been challenged and threatened, not just by COVID, but by massive threat against our democracy, um, by Donald Trump, by you know the Republicans that were complicit with Donald Trump, which was too many and and most of them. Um, And Mm -hmm. Americans rose to Americans rose to the occasion and came together to elect Joe Biden, who for many of them, that might not have been their ideal candidate in a vacuum, but they did it to save our democracy. Mm -hmm. Americans are rising to the occasion largely now with, uh, you know, the vaccine and COVID response. I mean, yes, it hasn't been perfect, but largely, you know, the majority of Americans united in taking COVID seriously, despite the terrible leadership we had in, in mismanagement at the top. Um, that kind of mm-hmm. challenged that response. It would have been much better had we had better leadership. But, you know, Americans rise to the occasion. And what I would say the opportunity for Americans now is if we really want to get back to that place where we can authentically kind of wear our, you know, I'm, I'm going to wear my patriotism all the time, but where we can sort of get back to that, it will be because we become a great democracy. And, we, and it will be because we've become the first First, that you can have a truly multi-ethnic democracy, which has never happened in the history of the world. There has never been a long, a success story of a multi-ethnic democracy. America has, is, you know, on the brink of potentially being that, but now we have to prove it. And so I I, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Just because I know the number of people, you know, I fortunately like you who, every day kind of make it their job um, to make sure we're okay and our democracy is okay. Um, but it is, it's not going to, it's not going to be without a fight and a lot of rolling up our sleeves and shoe leather and hard work.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I do think we'll be okay too. I think that you're right. If we can pull off the plur basunum for real, if we can get there, we will be without beyond measure, the most powerful Uh, democracy on earth and the best light and I hope that we get there I think we have a good shot at it but tribalism and and all the things we've seen January 6th was a very scary day in America and um, I know you feel that way just like I do and everybody else so Mindy I thank you and I mean this from by my heart for the work that you do for the work that Evan does at Stand Up Republic the work that we are all trying to do now and I thank you for being a woman that's leading um, You know, every woman doesn't get to be, you know, vice president or senator or congresswoman or have her name on a ballot or all, whatever those things are. But there are a lot of women that are like yourself who are shakers and movers who are making things happen so that more women can do those things. And if no one said it to you, I want to tell you thank you, because as I do to all my women guests when they come on because each of us does our part. And as I like to say in the woman code, we lift other women as we climb, we lift as we climb. And so thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I'm going to have you back again.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much, so much for having me. Um, And I I love the way you put that. Okay. We'll talk soon.
0: Have a, have a blessed holiday weekend with Easter coming up and take care of those. (laughs) Thank
1: you. You you too. All
0: right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay.